The text for the sermon this day is taken from the gospel lesson, or the, actually, sorry, the reading from Isaiah from a little bit ago, which you heard. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Charles Dickens, the famous author of A Christmas Carol, starring Ebenezer Scrooge and the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, at the beginning of his other famous novel, A Tale of Two Cities, said these words, It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief, it was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light, it was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. We had everything before us, we had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. Out of curiosity, how many of you heard those words before? It was the best of times, the worst of times? Uh, you probably did in your English classes, just so you know. Anyways, <laughs> but those words from Charles Dickens, they were written, about, written in context of extreme poverty, extremely difficult times in France. But they are words that could very well be ascribed to the Christmas celebration. Now, when I say the Christmas celebration, I don't mean what we have on Sunday, what we're doing right now. I'm talking about Christmas celebration as it has become in our world, in the culture. See, Christmas is a time with incredible generosity. There's more giving at this time of the year than any other time of the year. And yet, it is also a season of great greed. Look at, go all the way back to Black Friday and look at the way people would obsess at getting the perfect deals. You hear the stories about little old ladies getting pushed over for a for the sake of a microwave or whatever. Those are the best of times, and those are the worst of times. It is a time where many people, I'm guessing many kids, are wondering, ooh, can't wait to open presents. And if, you're like my, if any of your parents are like my parents, they let you have one tonight, and then you got to open the rest in the morning. Sorry, don't blackmail your parents if you don't get you that one. But anyways... You're all excited for that, and it's the excitement of seeing the kids open it. But the downside to all the gift-giving quite often is next month you might get an envelope in your mailbox from Visa or whoever, which will not be so friendly. The best of times is that gift-giving. The worst of times is the frequent debt that follows. It is a time that we spend with our families. We get to see cousins and uncles and aunts and grandparents who we have not seen for such a very long time. It's such a joyous, it is, it is joyous to see people here in this congregation, in this sanctuary that we don't see for a while. But we also know that for some there there is Tensions that come in families. Some of us, we know that every, annual, every year when we gather as a family, we wish it wasn't so, but there is, there's going to be fighting about something. 
Complaining about somebody is not doing this or not doing that. Don't worry, I've, I've, I'm talking from experience too on that one. We've had those experiences. We also face the reality, this, action, this past Saturday I went up to Detroit Lakes, Minnesota to visit my mom and my grandma. My grandma is on hospice and very likely we were celebrating our last Christmas with her. And so, but we are sitting there in that, the conference room of the nursing home is where we celebrated Christmas. And you cannot help but think about, look around, it's not the Christmases you remember. It's not the, that cold room of the conference room doesn't have the same warmth that my grandmother's house did. You can't help but notice that your grandfa my, grandf my grandfather has not been there. He has been passed for six years. All of you, can th many of you are think will think of that person that is not there. That person, this may be the first Christmas that they are not there. You're going to look at the seat that they normally sit at and you'll feel that emptiness. It is also a season of loneliness. There are many people who simply do not have families to go to. It is, for many, the worst of times. It is a time of delicious food. Ham, potatoes, pie, eggnog, for those who like it. Those who don't like it, you'll probably throw it out the window. But it is a time of great all these wonderful foods. But we're also faced with the reality that many go without. See, there is this tension of best of times, worst of times, the good and the bad that comes with the Christmas celebration. But see, the thing is, all these things that I mentioned, there's nothing, gift-giving, generosity, time with family, these are all wonderful things. But they are not the essence of what we celebrate. In fact, they are byproducts. They're they basically the, the decoration. But they are not the core of what the Christmas celebration is. The reading from Isaiah chapter 9, it was the second reading we heard. It talked about a great darkness. Isaiah was writing to the people in Israel, in the northern kingdom. They were living in a time of darkness. And the reason was is because they were living with the fear of the Assyrian Empire. The Assyrian Empire historically was one of the most brutal empires in the history of the world. They did incredibly horrible things to the countries they conquered. And yes, that northern kingdom would be destroyed by the Assyrians. And there, the, the people who belong to the northern kingdom, people still don't know where they all ended up after the Assyrians destroyed them. They were living in darkness. They're living in the worst of times. But here, and see, Christmas... We, we hear all the music, we have the decorations. And to actually speak to just how much this best, of worst, best and worst of times plays out. 
We celebrate. We're listening to music nonstop. Christmas has been, in case you do not know, Christmas has only been going for 34 minutes. It started at 6 o'clock. That's why it's the evening of Christmas. Christmas Day in the old church calendar, it's 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. But I guarantee it that within 24 hours, people are going to be taking down their trees. The 24-hour Christmas stations are going to be very quick to switch over. There will definitely be no more Christmas movies or anything like that. We're going to act like it never happened. Even though in the church, there's another 11 days of Christmas. The 12 days of Christmas is December 25th to January 5th, which is why here you'll still see decorations up on January 5th, because that's when Christmas comes to an end. See, this is, we want, we have the joy of the celebration, but we want to get rid of it so quickly because it has stressed us all around the things that are not the essence of Christmas. The essence of Christmas can be shown in these words from Isaiah. To us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon him, upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. See, the dark, those who dwelt in darkness, a great light has risen, has shined upon them. This past Sunday, our children, they did a Christmas program called Arise and Shine. Our Advent season is all about this theme, arise and shine. So as we live and we dwell in the darkness of the consequences of our sin, we are mindful that a light has arisen. See, darkness of our world, the evils, the tribulations, the trials, it tries to choke out every ounce of Christmas joy. Because we have forgotten that the core of the message is that child in the manger. Because that child, it's not, we, it is birthday of Jesus, but it's so much bigger than your typical birthday. Because the difference between this birthday and every other birthday, this one existed before he was born. Before you were born, you did not exist. Jesus is God in flesh. He has never not existed. When you heard from Genesis, the one who was speaking to Adam and Eve, that is the pre-incarnate Christ. That is the same one who was in the manger. That is why it is so awesome. Martin Luther even talked about this being the greatest of miracles. Because never ever in the history of the world has God became man. This miracle is so great and so profound that it is the chief stumbling block for many religions. It's the chief stumbling block for Muslims. They cannot accept the idea that God became human flesh. 
It's like God would not let himself become something so weak and frail, but that is in fact what he did. The one who spoke the world into existence became a little baby. The one who, I mean, think about it, every pe- every Everything you ever do, every molecule of your body, every ounce of your existence, every ounce of all existence was spoken into existence by him. And yet he left the heavenly throne in order to be in the throne of a manger, to be a baby that pooped, that peed, that cried, did all the things little babies do. He had to be carried around. He couldn't walk himself. He became utterly helpless. So when we, in this season, we get focused on, you know, if you've ever watched the movie, if you ever watch Christmas movies, they're always about saving Christmas, ruining Christmas. I'm going to let you on a really big secret. You can't ruin Christmas. You're not that big. You're not that powerful. You don't need to save Christmas. Although you do need to spread the message of Christmas. But you can't ruin it. Because if you you go home and you you cook the meal and you have a Christmas vacation moment and the turkey's really dry, guess what? Jesus Christ was still born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, suffered, died, buried, and was risen from the dead. You know what, if you get home and you have, you're exchanging gifts, maybe you couldn't quite afford the Christmas you wanted. Maybe you couldn't really give gifts. You couldn't afford them this year. Guess what? Christ is still born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried. I, I'm pretty good, I have a pretty good idea we're not going to have a white Christmas. So we don't have that white Christmas you've been dreaming of. Good news. Christ is born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried, and risen from the dead. And by the way, when he died on the cross, the blood that he shed washed you, washed you of every sin, every bit of darkness in your heart, and made you white as snow. If you find that you are without family, you're missing loved ones. Again, Christ was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified and risen. Which means that those who have died in the faith, they are risen. They are indeed going to rise from the dead on the last day because Christ became born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, buried, and risen. If you are looking at the fact that you have no family at this season, and you spend Christmas alone, The blood of Christ is stronger than any human blood because by his blood on the cross, he drew all people to himself. And guess what? You look to your left. Well, actually, don't look to your left and your right because they're probably actually biological. You can look behind you. You can look in front of you. Guess what? Every single one of you, everyone here is your brother and sister in Christ. Everyone here is your family. In Christ. Which is, by the way, why if people are not in church, we're supposed to go run and get them. Just as if your, your sibling begins disappearing, 
They're not coming home. You go out and say, hey, come home. You get worried. That Christ is born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and buried, and risen from the dead. He is the light of the world who brings an end to all darkness, to all suffering, to all death, to all sickness. See, Christ being born does not mean that there is no more suffering in our life. In fact, if you look at the history of the apostles, suffering actually increases the more faithful you are. But rather, it's a promise that the worst of times have a time stamp. They will come to an end. It is a promise that the best of times are coming. And the best of times are not just heaven. The best of times is when your body will rise from the dead and you will be glorified like you've never been before. Anybody who's struggling with back pains or bad knees, any physical ailments, got to have a walker? When you rise physically from the dead, guess what? You'll be able to do backflips. The resurrection is so full, you will be able to do things you're never able to do in this life. That is, a, that is why he became a little baby. That is why that, sh that light has arisen in the midst of our darkness. And no darkness can overcome it. Till he comes, to him be all glory. Amen. The grace, peace, and mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ keep you in the one true faith to life everlasting. Amen.